Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Praise the Lord. Well, uh, this is, uh, of course, the last week of the year. How many of you believe we're heading into 2019? We are headed into 2019, and uh, the Lord just dropped something into my spirit. It's, uh, it, it's a familiar topic, but uh, it's uh, worth repeating. It's called Reboot or Fresh Start. How many of you are familiar with computers? How many of you know sometimes you need to refresh? Yeah, you're staring at that screen and it's not doing what you want it to do. You can right click and there's a little word that says refresh. And hopefully after it refreshes, then uh, it will respond to you. You know, uh, sometimes you're looking more, you're hoping your computer responds to you more than your spouse, you know, because you're just so into that computer. But anyway, there's other things that uh, you you all got here in a car, I assume. How many of you know that uh, you need to refresh the oil? If you don't refresh the oil, then uh, you can burn up your engine. You can cause uh, multiple areas of damage. Um, You know, I I just discovered that uh, the job I had in the Navy is obsolete. They don't even have it anymore. So I was a boiler, uh, a boiler tech, and every 600 hours, you had to completely tear down a boiler and clean the tubes. You had to clean the outside of the tubes. You had to clean the inside of the tubes. Because if you just let that thing run and run and run, you, eventually those tubes are going to rupture because of buildup. And I just want to say that uh, all of us, we, we occasionally need to reboot, we need to refresh, and we need, to be, we need a cleansing, an internal cleansing. And so I want to talk, uh, talk to you uh, this morning about, about the cleansing of the Lord. Familiar, uh, familiar, but it's so necessary. What are the things, there is no virtue there's no virtue in holding on to, uh, there's no virtue to holding on to things. There's no virtue, uh, there's no virtue in holding on to grudges. There's no virtue in trying to, uh, trying to clean yourself up. You've, uh, most of you have heard the story of my dad. He was, uh, he had back problems in his later years and uh, he, amazingly submitted to Melody and my prayer. We said, we'll pray for you. And he said, okay. So he sat down and we're going to pray for him. And all of a sudden he gets up and runs off and said, where are you going? So he came back and he said, I said, well, where'd you go? He said, I had to get rid of my skull. Anybody know what skull is? (laughs) 
you know, that stuff. My dad used to put bourbon in his skull. I used to love to smell the cans, but I, I don't know. But anyway, um, so I said, well, you know, the Lord knows you, the Lord knows you chew. And he says, well, I think I just have a better chance. You know, a lot of times we think, uh, we think our own effort is going to create a better chance. But the reality is there's no virtue in our works. The Bible says that our works are all filthy rags. And so the reality is, is all the virtue is in Jesus. All the virtue is in his works. Can I get an amen? Amen. It's the blood of Jesus that, uh, that, that cleanses from all sin, iniquity, and unrighteousness. I'd like for us to go, first of all, to Ephesians chapter 1. We have a lot of scriptures today, but that's okay, because Jesus said, you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Say clean. clean. Through the word. Through, through the word that I have spoken unto you. So therefore, the more we hear the word, the more cleansed we become. You know, there is, uh, well, let's just read this before I scatter off onto many directions. But in verse 2, it says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. As we read through this, I want you to notice everything you have to do. Don't worry, there's nothing in here you have to do. But see if you can find anything. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You are blessed without any effort from yourself. It says, Just as He chose us in Him. Oh man, you remember, remember when you were kids and they, they were picking at recess? Oh, Lord, they were picking at recess. How many of you just hoped you weren't the last one? You just hoping they wouldn't be, you wouldn't be the, the one that, that they would say, uh, you take them. No, no, you take them. <laughs> well, in this, in this choosing, you were chosen before you were born. Yes. Before the foundations of the world, you were chosen in Him. So you don't have to wait to be chosen. You don't have to think, oh my God, is he going to choose me? Am I good enough? No, you're already chosen. God has already seen through eternity that he's going to choose you. He's going to receive you to himself. So you don't even have to be in fear or in shame or in worry thinking, am I going to be good enough? Because he's already done it. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy Oh, there you go. Now I have to do something. No. He didn't say you have to do anything. He says he's making you holy. He's making you without blame. You know, uh, some people live in the house of blame. It's always somebody's got to take the response. It's always somebody's fault. Somebody's got to be responsible. It's your fault. If you, hadn't, if you hadn't have done this, I wouldn't have done that. The reality is, is there is, in, the, in the kingdom of God, there is no house of blame because he removes the blame. 
Turn to somebody and say, I can't blame you anymore. I can't blame you for my failure. I can't blame you because you made me mad. Anybody ever hear, you just make me so mad. You make me angry. We ought to sing Al Jolson's song. You made me love you. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want... I only had one guy that was with me. <laughs> yeah. If there's any blame, let's blame for love. You made me love you. Well, that's what God's singing over you. You made me love you. But he's not singing, I didn't want to do it. He says, be holy without blame before him in love, having predestined us to the adoption of sons by Jesus Christ to, uh, to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Do you know, in adoption, it is, the, it is the ones doing the adopting that does the choosing. And he chose you. He adopted you. Under no obligation, no obligation, he decided, I want you. He goes on to say, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. He made us. He made us accepted. That kind of takes your self-effort. That takes your self-worth. That, that takes away the. Uh, that takes away your uh, your work to where. And a lot of times when we when we go through our work, we always see it's inferior. If we're honest. If we're honest, we see our work is inferior. But God says, "I'm not. I'm not choosing you on your work. I'm choosing you on the work of my Son." He's made you accepted. Accepted. You ever go someplace and you didn't know whether you're going to be received or not? You ever go, go to some, uh, somebody's house and just wonder, am I going to be received? Hallelujah. But God says there is no worry about that. You are received. You were received before you made a mistake. You were received before, before your parents could accuse you. You were received before any other accusation. God, God chose you and said, you're mine. Amen. You're mine. Said in him we have redemption through his blood. Not the blood of bulls and goats. Not the blood, of, not anybody else's blood. It's through his blood. We have redemption. What that means is he has purchased us. He's purchased us to himself. Amen. You know, um, I don't like to go on stores and buy things I don't like or don't want. <laughs> I mean, 
I don't even like to go shopping, but uh, unless I want something, and then I just go get it, and then I'm done shopping. I know that's not everybody's method of shopping. But I want what I want, and God, God's the same way. He wants what he wants, and he purchases. He even made a, he even made a down payment before you were even made. Before, before any imperfection, he chose you. And he didn't change his mind when the imperfection came along. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. I like this next part. He says, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure. Well, good pleasure. The good pleasure is that he abounds in redemption. It was his good pleasure to redeem you. It was his good pleasure to forgive you. Is there anybody here that has a hard time forgiving yourself? Don't raise your hands. Do you have a hard time forgiving yourselves? Then you're putting yourself above God. God God does not have a hard time forgiving you. God doesn't hold it over you. You know, when I was, uh, I'm sure I'm not the only person like this, but when I was a kid, they held it over you. (laughs) You know, I mean, you suffered for a while. And then, uh, you know, with God, he forgets. Some people never forget. I know it's not like that in your homes. I'm just talking about how what I went through when I, when I was younger. But God's the type he refuses to, to hold on to it. I just want to uh, make mention of, a, of, a, um, of an account in um, John chapter 13. This is right before Jesus is going to the cross, and he made a statement that uh, used to throw me, but it was because I, didn't, I wasn't familiar with the custom. Sometimes you have to know the custom to understand what things are, what's, being, what's being said. Jesus is going around and he's washing his disciples' feet. And then it says... Um, I'm trying to find it. In John chapter 13, we'll begin in verse 9. It says, Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. And prior to that, Peter refused to let Jesus wash his feet. And Jesus said, if you don't let me wash your feet, you don't have any part of me. And then he says, well, Lord, not only my hands, not only my feet, but my head and my hands. And then Jesus goes on to say this. He who is bathed only bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. That used to really bother me. Well, if you took a bath, why do you need your feet washed? Just a thought. 
But you know, not everybody had a bathtub in the house. Not everybody had showers. So you had to go to the bathhouse. I'll leave that to your, to your own imagination. But you had to go to the bathhouse, and you, you took a bath, and, but then you had to walk home. How many of you know that they didn't have paved roads? They might have had cobblestone roads, but how many of you know the exhaust from the transportation was pretty thick? Oh, my goodness. Donkey dung. Just the, <laughs> not Donkey Kong, but donkey dung. So just to give you a, a better thought, so you're, you're all clean, but you're walking home, you're walking through the dust, you're walking through the dung, you're walking with whatever is on the road, and you're picking that up. So when you come home, all you need to have now is your feet washed. Now, what does that, what, how does that apply to us? It, it has everything to do with us today. How many of you washed in the blood? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are you, come on, man. Are you garment? You got to participate. This isn't a spectator sport. Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Now, if we did that again, do you think anybody could get up and dance a little bit? <laughs> Hallelujah. I must be feeling better. What do you think? <laughs> so you're washed in the blood, but you know what? You still have to walk. You're still walking on the dirty, the dusty roads. You're still walking in other people's dung. <laughs> That's the best, best I can do right now. You're walking in other people's crap. You're stepping in it. You can't help it. You're, being, you're trying to be as clean and as nice as possible, but you can't help but stepping in it. And so what do you have to do? You need your feet washed. You need your feet washed. I don't care how... How wonderful, wonderful a believer you are, you still need a little cleansing. Amen. Step into the water. Anyway. <laughs> Wait out a little bit deeper. All right. He, uh, let's just hit, uh, give you some scripture for this. He says in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25, he says this, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgression for my own sake. Now get those last three words, for my own sake. If we would read the whole context of this passage, we would find out that they weren't even seeking forgiveness. They were not seeking God's favor. They had ceased offering sacrifices. They had stopped all of that. And God turns around and said, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgression for my sake. Now, in the, same, in the same thought, God cleanses you for his sake. You know, uh, the gospel that, that's been preached most, uh, for, for most 
accounts is really selfish. We talk about what it's our our benefits, and I preach the I preach the benefits. The Scripture tells you to. It says, uh, "Bless the Lord, O my soul; forget not all His benefits." who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and with tender mercy so that your youth, hallelujah, is renewed like the eagles. Come on. So God's not opposed to you believing in the benefits or believing for the benefits, but the but if we want to keep it in order, we need to realize that we are doing it for Him. Whoso offers praise glorifies me, and to Him who orders His conversation or His life aright will I show the salvation of God. God says you, bless, God says you honor me When you ask me and I fulfill the request, you honor me. So it's not just you getting your need met, and we're not making light of that, but the reality is, is you are getting your need met and he is being glorified. We should not be quiet when God blesses us. We should, thank you, dear. I think I'll keep it up. (laughs) We should not be quiet. That's why it says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And we've also, we've also heard the sermon on the testimony. When you repeat the testimony, it enables it to happen again. Again and again and again. So the more we tell the testimony, the more we have a repeat of what God wants to do, but it is all to glorify Him. It's all to glorify Him. So if we, wanna, if we want to have a proper perspective, we want to glorify God. Hallelujah. The benefits are just the benefit. But the reality is, is to glorify Him is the main goal. The main goal. And the, and the beautiful thing about it is he, we need His help to do even do that. We were talking about even faith this morning, the prophetic word that came, came forth about strong faith. Well, where do you get strong faith from? He gives it to you. He gives it to you. God gives to everyone the measure of faith. So whatever faith you have, He gives it to you. Whatever blessing you have, He gives it to you. So, did I read that? He says, yes, I even I am He who blots out your transgression for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. I will not remember your sins. I have two, two thoughts here. One, do you remember your sins? Do you badger yourself with your sins? You know, there's a couple of sins I did in the past. <laughs> well, well, I know I'm forgiven. Remember, I, I was a sailor. 
cussed like a sailor, like my wife said a couple weeks ago. I said some, I said some blasphemies. I, oh, God, how could you? Yeah, it's bad. But I'm forgiven. I don't like to think about it, but I'm forgiven. Hallelujah. So I don't want to badger myself with, with the past. <laughs> the other point, the other part of this is you, do you badger others about their sins? Oh, come on now. Jesus. We'll get to that a little bit later. But he says, I will, remember, I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted. We, have, uh, we, need, to talk to, we need to talk to Jesus. Have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your troubles. He will hear your faintest cry. He will answer by and by. You need to talk to Jesus. It's, this isn't just automatic. Just a thought. Raymond, you get your. Thank you, Lord. Well, in Hebrews, this is kind of a repeat, but it's a it's New Testament scripture. Hebrews chapter eight, verse ten. He says. Uh, he says, for this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel in those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And none of you shall teach his neighbor, and none his brothers, saying, Know the Lord. For all shall know me, from the least of these to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. No more. Doesn't the Bible say something about being imitators of God? Be imitators of God. Well, how am I going to do that? Don't remember what other people... Don't remember... Now, you, uh, let me just say this. You're going to remember. But what are you going to do with it when you remember? Are you going to let it just take all over you and just ruin your day? Are you going, do you know that uh, you have negative chemicals released in you when you hold grudges? Cortisol. A little bit of cortisol is all right. But if you have high levels of cortisol, it will destroy your body. Just a thought. So in John chapter 8, Jesus tells us about being free indeed. Okay? Am I I'm okay? Okay. John chapter 8, verse 31, Jesus said to those Jews who believed Believed him, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Oh yes, I'm going to be free from poverty, free from sickness. I'm going to be free from this. I'm going to be free from that. No, that's just the fruit. Jesus deals with the root. 
Let's, let's read on. They answered and said, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? You know, a lot of Christians are like, give this type of answer. Let's read this again. They answered and said, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. What about Egypt? What about Babylon? What about the Roman occupation they're under right now? Oh man, I'm free. I'm never in bondage. Man, it's, it's funny. Everybody else can see it. No, just a thought. No, we've got to, we've got to be serious about this. We want to be, we don't want to just be free from the from the fruit. We want to be free from the root. Because if you don't get rid of the root, you get a continuation of the fruit. You know, I, when I was in Missouri, we used to kill our dandelions. We'd dig them up, you know. And if you didn't get all the roots, they came back. Came out here and you eat them. <laughs> you know what? I tell you what. I went to one of those dandelion suppers one time. And I couldn't get past the grit. You know, uh, that just kind of killed my dandelion supper. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? How many of you had dandelion before? Yeah, it's okay as long as you don't, you're not eating dirt with it. <laughs> okay. Yes. But Jesus goes on to say, he says, uh, most assuredly I say to you, Whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in a house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Now, we all know that we're washed in the blood of Jesus, but we're still walking. We're still walking the path. We're still getting the dust. So we have to be cleansed from that. And then we, we're familiar with the scripture. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But if we refuse to acknowledge that we have, a, that we have an issue, as a matter of fact, in James, uh, I don't like to use this very much because I, I used it in church one time. I won't mention any names because it's a long time ago. But uh, I said, uh, the scripture says, confess your faults one to another. Pray ye one for another that you may be healed. And one of the members of the church at that time didn't say it to me, but uh, said, I ain't confessing my sin to nobody. Well, I can understand why they were pretty deep in it, but yeah. But if God, if God lays it down and says, if you do this, you'll be healed, I think I would start talking. <clears throat> you know, sometimes our pride keeps us away from the blessing of God. Our, our pride. 
Thank you, Lord. So, therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Yes, I'm free from sickness. Hallelujah. But are you free from the root? If you're not free from the root, the fruit will come back. Let's, let's get free. Uh, free at last. Free at last. Well, I thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. Well, I'm free at last. Are you free at last? Come on, let's get free. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew chapter 5. Ver, uh, I don't know which uh, verse, but it's, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Why do we need why do we need this? Because if you are not merciful, you don't get mercy. You know, if somebody accuses you and you're, and you're not guilty, you want justice. You want justice if you're not guilty. But if you're guilty, you want mercy. Well, let me just say this. We're not just talking about the specific thing. Are you totally guiltless? Then you want mercy. But if you want mercy, you've got to give mercy. Mercy me. You want mercy, you've got to give it. And let me just encourage you with this. You need Jesus to give mercy. Help me, Jesus. Turn to somebody and say, help me, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13. He who covers his sin will not prosper. Well, pastor, I'm believing I'm going to prosper this year. He who covers his sin will not prosper. Well, that's spiritual stuff. You know, spiritual stuff affects your physical stuff. It says, but whoever confesses and forsakes will have mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want mercy. I want mercy. Happy is the man who is always reverent. But he who hardens his heart shall fall into calamity. How do I harden my heart? I harden my heart by not acknowledging what's in me. Confession really means to say the same thing. Say the same thing that God says. If God says you're free, you're free. If God says you've got something we need to deal with, then deal with it. The blood's already washed it. You just got to appropriate it. It's already done. Appropriate. It's not, like, it's not like you have to tell God something he doesn't know. He already knows. Oh, yeah, well, I'm just going to walk in faith. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God or have the faith of God. Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says will be done. He will have 
whatsoever he says. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Yes, pastor, I'm just going to confess it. I'm just going to confess it and it's going to happen. Did you read verse 25? He says, and, and whenever you stand praying, whenever, when is whenever? Whenever. <laughs> whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, if, well, he's not expecting you to, but if you do, if you have anything against anyone, you know, I was, uh, I like to watch YouTube clips. <clears throat> and so I was on YouTube yesterday and I was uh, watching TED Talks on forgiveness. There's one I really like. Uh, anybody remember Drago? Ivan Drago, Rocky IV? Oh yeah, I knew you would. <laughs> well, you know, he actually has gotten free through walking in forgiveness. He talks about his, his testimony. And, um, but there was this one, I mean, her, there was a neighborhood kid that came in and killed her brother and her mother. And she was talking about the turmoil of, of forgiveness. And I don't have time to go into all of it, but... Um, she said, if you want to be free, you have to forgive. You have, and this person's not even a believer that I know of. But she says, for me to be free, I had to forgive. And she had to do it. But in my personal thinking, I think Jesus makes it, Jesus helps you to do it. No matter what, no matter what the issue, Jesus will help you yes. to get through that. But he, Jesus says, uh, whenever you stand praying, if you have aught against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your heavenly Father forgive your trespasses. So how many of you would say we need to forgive? That's just from the spiritual standpoint. Let's just look at it from a brain chemical standpoint, from a natural standpoint. We'll talk about the lifestyle of unforgiveness. Stress chemicals are injected into every cell of the body, lowering our immune system. So anytime, and how many of you know unforgiveness causes stress? I don't know about you, it does for me. So, if you want to lower your immune system, just don't forgive. Stress comes from hostility, and when it is dubbed, it's dubbed, it gets many names, such as, and stress shrinks your brain. And anxiety drains your mental life. Simply stated, stress flips your brain into shutdown or shotgun mode. 
Another way of putting that would be fight or flight. Fight or flight. It's always good to run from your problems. What do you think? <laughs> no, because you're going to face them. They'll be there somewhere else down the road. Or you can fight. Well, I would say fight with the, with the love of Jesus. All right. You default, uh, you default into ruts and, or triggers, and it furthers the problem because stress and unforgiveness mask itself as a savior, but strikes as a killer. Did you get that? Unforgiveness will mask itself as a savior. How many of you feel empowered when you don't forgive? I'm going to get them. I used to have a saying, I, Stephen don't get even, he gets ahead. <laughs> Remember, I was used to. Don't get even, get ahead. It masks itself as a savior, but it is actually strikes as a killer. Well, the lifestyle for un, of unforgiveness, or of a lifestyle of forgiveness, your brain waves slow to a grind and serotonin supplies diminish under excess weight, under the excess weight of a grudge. I don't know if you know this, but serotonin is good. Say, serotonin is good. If you are a person that uh, is uptight all the time, Get you, some, uh, get you some stuff that helps your serotonin. And it's over the counter. Serotonin aids in the ability to focus. It increases uh, problem-solving abilities. Say serotonin. Serotonin. Ser and this is a natural chemical that your body, uh, body produces. But if you're under stress, it hinders serotonin. All right. It also aids in learning. It aids in mood. It aids in mood. How many of you know it's nice to have a good mood, be in a good mood? It aids, in good, it aids in good mood. It also aids in heart health. Neurons in the brain release serotonin and, and releases impact, and, and its release uh, affects many behaviors. Low serotonin can cause anxiety, fear, self-pity, insomnia, stress, and depression. Thank you, Jesus. Now, the benefits of, this is in the natural, the benefits of forgiveness to the brain, to brain health. To forget, now this is not new. Melody has mentioned it several times, and she's quoting somebody else. But To forgive is to set a prisoner free, only to discover that the prisoner was you. That's by Louis B. Schmid. 
Thank you, Jesus. So, clean up, clean up memories, allowing healthy memories to flourish. Forgiveness literally alters the brain's wiring. Always from distortions uh, brought back from the past and beyond fears that limit the future. It leads from the misery of a broken promise to wellness that builds new neurons, neuron pathways, and to physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being. And I want to close with two scriptures, and then we're going to have communion. You're familiar with the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He does what? He restores my soul. It is the will of God that your soul be restored. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. I say, you know... You can always know more about God than what you knew yesterday. We used to sing an old song. This must be old song day. Okay. I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. He gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Oh, what a love between my Lord and I. I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. So you can say, well, I know God, but there's always more to know. His love is unfathomable. His love goes beyond your comprehension. I love the scripture that says that we may be filled with all, that we may, uh, rooted and grounded in love, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. To the degree of my love is the degree that I allow God to fill me. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask the ushers to come at this particular time. And I would just like to read a scripture from 1 Corinthians to remind us. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, we give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory. Thank you, Lord. Oh, bless the Lord. Uh, we'll just read this from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. He says, 
For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. He was betrayed that night, but how many of you know he forgave everyone that was at that table? And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let me just read that again. Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Now, I'm not, gonna, not, I'm not saying that anything's going to happen, but Jesus said that's his body. Just a thought. I'm not going to try to explain it. I'm just going to take it at face value. How many of you know the just shall live by faith? He says, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this is this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. I, lo I love this. For as often as, as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he come. How many of you know if you're dead, you're not coming back? So this is talking about his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Therefore, whoever eats his bread and drinks his cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. He who eats his bread and drinks his cup in an unworthy manner drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. Do you know how long it takes to repent? Seconds. Seconds. How long does it take to forgive? Seconds. Lord, we just come before you right now. If there is anyone that we have chosen not to forgive, Lord, bring them to our remembrance so we can forgive them in Jesus' name. Let's just say this. I choose to forgive my parents. I choose to forgive my siblings. I choose to forgive those in authority over me that have, that have been abusive. I choose to forgive all those who have ridiculed me and shamed me. I forgive them, Lord, by the power of the blood of Jesus. Amen. And if you think of anybody uh, else, then feel free to forgive. Heavenly Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus for the body 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. We thank you for the precious blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We thank you, Lord God, that it not only cleanses us from our sin, but Lord, we choose to use it to forgive others. And Lord, we not only forgive, but Lord, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We are victorious through the blood of Jesus. Amen. You may serve the people. The blood that Jesus shed for me Way back on Calvary The blood that gives me strength From day to day It will never lose its power for it reaches to the highest mountains and it flows to the lowest valleys. The blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will It's power. Thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the body. He was wounded. Hallelujah. Lord, you said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all our iniquities, who heals all our diseases, who redeems our life from destruction, who crowns us with loving kindness and with tender mercies so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. Thank you, Lord. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Hallelujah. We give you thanks and praise, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus. Like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, Jesus, oh Jesus, let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away. But there's something about that name. Lord, I just thank you. Lord, that it is you who blots out our transgressions for your sake. 
So, Father, we want to honor you this morning by receiving of the body of Christ. We give you thanks and praise for it in Jesus' name. Let us receive the body. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you that the blood of Jesus and the eternal spirit are forever connected. There is no separation from the blood and the spirit. Therefore, the blood maintains its power. Lord, not only to cleanse, we're not just forgiven, we're cleansed. Remember, God said, I will remember their sins no more. Even when you're sleeping, the blood of Jesus is cleansing you. Because the scripture says, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus continually cleanses us from all sins. So with that in mind, Lord, we lift the cup and we thank you that you remember no longer, but you cleanse us and you empower us, Lord God, to be victorious in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.